back to throw it in rotation. We're back after a quite a long hiatus on the cusp of the NFL season. We're so excited to be talking about it with you guys and welcome you back onto the show. Joining me today, as ever, Ashley Cadell. Ash, we're hours away from Thursday Night Football Week One. How are you feeling? Yeah, that that music there really just got me giddy. You know, it's good, isn't um, it? Re- yeah, well, I wasn't expecting it either. So, bang! Wow, let's, let's go. fucking go! Can't wait! Can't wait! Reese, obviously, you're a Bills fan. Bills versus the Super Bowl champion Rams Ooh. tonight. Are you nervous at all? I'd like to say quietly confident, mm. but we all know I've not mm. really been quiet about it ever. So. <laughs> the Bills are actually they're travelling to SoFi Stadium tonight. But they're favoured by two and a half points against the Super Bowl champions. But we'll get into the we'll get into that match preview and a few predictions at the end of the show. First of all, let's talk about what we're doing this season, what we will be doing today. More importantly, um, so I think in the in the future we'll be recording uh, on a Tuesday. Obviously, we've had uh, I think it has been a couple of months off now. We really appreciate all the listens we've had so far, and we thank you for joining us again for this episode in which we'll be talking about, as it's the start of the season, the storylines, the narratives, the things we're most fascinated, intrigued by throughout this 2022 NFL season. But before we get started, guys, I just wanted to bring you a, a bit of wisdom from uh, one of our one of the show's favourites. Um, it's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, just feeding us an absolute nugget on the, on the human body. I don't know if you could hear that, Ash, but that is um that's Jameis Winston being Jameis Winston doing Jameis Winston no. things. Um, I, rem- I recognised it from earlier when you sent it in the chat. And yeah, oh, yeah, of course. Ridiculous, stupid, classic. Absolutely classic. <laughs> Things you love to see from Jameis Winston. Completely unrelated to what we'll be talking about today, which obviously is the season's storylines. First up will be Ashley Cadell. Ash, what are you fascinated by this season? What intrigues you heading in to this NFL campaign? Well, obviously, the Browns have been a massive talking point for all the wrong reasons, really, mm. over the off-season. And we're not going to focus on them because I think we've all had enough of that for now. Yeah. But what we're going to talk about is Baker Mayfield, the former Browns quarterback who was their first overall pick from 2018. He's been traded to the Panthers. And I think we've got a big old story here. Uh, especially with a little week one matchup between the two, but we'll get on to that a bit later. Obviously, <laughs> there's been critics of Baker for a while now. Mm. Um, he played injured quite a lot last season, but many people believe that he's not the guy that they thought he was, especially when uh, when he was drafted first overall. But now he's got a clean slate with the Panthers. Uh, I just wanted to know your thoughts on Baker. Just, just the, the general consensus on him at the minute. Yeah, I'm a fan of Baker. I love his uh, personality and his enthusiasm for the game, and that's kind of been slated in a way. He's been called uh, immature and whatever, but like in comparison to Deshaun Watson, who Browns have paid however many guaranteed millions to, uh, Baker Mayfield's the most mature guy in the world. I think he's a, a good fit. For, for what Matt Rule needed. It's a make-or-break um, year for, for Matt Rule, and I think it's going to make the Panthers a lot more entertaining to watch. Pers- Reese, what do you think? I personally think... Um, well, I'm a big fan of him as a person, maybe not so much as a quarterback, but I think the way he was treated by the Browns was terrible. I think it would be good to see him come back and get one over on the Browns this season and show them that what they're missing and what they gave up for a nonce. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well Don't know if, uh, nonce is quite the word with what he did. <laughs> that'll do. But, uh, that'll do, for sure. But no, uh, 
obviously, I, I, you know, I think he proved his quality um, for the Browns. You know, that playoff run in 2020, uh, mm. you know, he went 11-5 in the regular season. You know, considering how poorly the Browns performed as a franchise prior to that, you know, Look at the vast improvement, and last season he was playing injured. Like so I injured. Think there's been so many, so many people have said like Case Keenum said like just his attitude and how he went out there every week. I think the critics are so harsh, and but that's just the nature of everything really these days. Yeah. It's instant or you're out, and I don't even think he's been bad considering the circumstances. Definitely not. But we will move on to the matchup, the Baker Bowl. Let's. Mm. Um, you can write it, could you? Obviously, the Browns week one, the Panthers. Uh, I can't wait for that. He'll be itching to prove the doubt was wrong, get one over the Browns and Kevin Stefanski. Uh, we're pretty excited for that. Um, what do you think, Harry? Can Baker get one over the Browns, D? Well, yeah, the, uh, week one, they, they've written the script perfectly, haven't they? They've got um, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle and um, even Joe Flacco's going back to Baltimore. The Baker Bowl, is, as you've put it so well, Ash, is definitely... Um, apart from the Bucks, obviously it's going to be my most anticipated game of week one. I just think it's such a juicy story, as you say. And uh, Obviously, Baker joined the team quite late on in the off-season. There might be some teething issues there, but uh, mm. on the other side of the ball is, is Jacoby Brissett and, and all, this bad, uh, all this bad energy around the Browns. I think the Panthers will have enough. They've got their players healthy. CMC's on the field. Uh, I think I'm going to go with the nice narrative, and I think, the, um, I think Baker Mayfield whoops the Browns ass mm, I'd love to see it I have to agree there as well I think he's going to do the Browns um, we touched on it a bit earlier I think he he's going to know more about the Browns than they know about him obviously he's just mm. one man that they know but he knows the whole Browns roster mm. so I think he can take a lot to the uh, to the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's interesting you say that, Reese, because um, uh, I think it's a great debate, especially at the minute. You know, the, the obviously Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski has said Thank that um, Baker's knowledge of the Browns is overrated. Um, so there's going to be definitely a talking point there. Uh, I heard a, quite a big good debate really. There's one side of the coin where, you know, Baker's not really like a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning where he was in that um, offence for years and years and he knew it inside out as such. But, you know, I feel like after quite a few years there, you know, the Browns are the Browns. I think they're confident who they are. They're going to probably stick to the majority of the way they play <clears throat> as a whole. Uh, there'll be a few tweaks, of course. But I think, you know, overall, I think Baker will... Should know, and you know he he's a, he's he's a talented guy. Like he's got his head screwed on. You know he's, to me, I think he'll 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 be desperate to to get one over him. Maybe if Deshaun Watson was playing, you'd be like, no, that the offense is going to change. They're not going to be doing similar yeah. things. But like the offense with Jacoby Brissett it, is probably going to be predictable anyway. They're going to lean on that run game on that O line, and and then Baker will be able to provide some insight. Uh, but I think the the biggest key in this yeah, game right. from Baker is just. Uh, um, what this would have done to him all mentally, like like you say, a couple of years ago, he's taken the Browns to their first playoff win in however many years. He's a first overall pick. Like you're gonna feel a certain way about yourself if all that happens, and then all of this must be must be so humbling. It must make him realize what life could be like. Like not as an NFL star, he was in the wilderness for a few months, and mm. then you 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 put him back uh, in his first game. In this revenge classic against the Browns, uh, I think is mentally is going to be exactly in the right place. He's, he's always a chip on his yeah. shoulder sort of guy, sort of guy anyway, like because of his height and stuff. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he meshes with uh, Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator. But I think we're going to be seeing like prime Baker uh, on Sunday. No, no. Again, very interesting that you said that because uh, I've heard those sorts of things about the situation. You know. Uh, I think there's a little bit more of mature, a bit more maturity with Baker. He's perhaps mm. still he's still got his sort of cockiness and bluntness about him, but yeah, maybe it's a bit more subdued. You know, it's um, you know, a good level as as you just said. You want a bit of that, 
And obviously another big storyline with him, Barry has apparently said that he wants to fuck the Browns up. <laughs> um, but then that has been denied by Baker himself later on. So yeah, that was just her. drama-filled story. NFL Network seen for Freeland um, accidentally uh, gave a little Baker quote that I think he thought was. I think off that the was record. it. Um, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty hilarious. Um, I, I think the. You know, CMC's back. I, I don't think there's going to be, like, too many issues about injuries. I wouldn't be overly worried about that. They can get that run game going, bit of play action to um, to DJ Moore, and uh, they, they definitely could be fine to start the season. Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, with CMC, I heard that he has perhaps got a little shin injury, but he was named as a full participant in practice. So uh, I yeah. think there's always going to be some rumour mills with Is- CMC, especially... At the minute, I think this will be this will be his first like full CMC's first pro, full preseason since before COVID. Um, uh, like obviously injuries can happen at any point or whatever, but I wouldn't be overly worried about that. I think uh, I can see that that Panthers offense clicking early doors at least, like it did last year. Mm, for sure, for sure. Um, so uh, we'll end that bit there with a question for both of you. Go on. Will the Panthers make the playoffs with? Baker Mayfield under centre. Tough. The NFC is definitely not the stronger conference, so you know maybe they can, um, maybe they can slide in through the back door or whatever. And I've just been saying so many nice things about them, but I think the Saints and the Bucks are better than, better than them in that division. Um, and I don't think uh, I don't think they've got the roster across the whole seventeen games um, to make the playoffs. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they snuck into the wild card. Mm, I don't think they've got a chance of making it. Um, Matt Rule's gone. You look at all the uncertainty they've had in the quarterback room at the minute between Darnold and Darnold and Mayfield. Um, obviously, there's going to be some a little bit of a lack of confidence with what's going on there, and I think it'll take a while for that to settle. I don't think doing with any sort of chance of playoff territory. Like that is it. I said they could start. They could start really quick, but obviously Baker's not had that long to learn to learn this offense. He didn't go to the Panthers till mm. fairly recently, so so that, we'll have to see. I, I I have him as an outsider for the wild card. What about you, Ash? You yeah, think yeah. Enough? Uh, no, I think I'm fairly similar to you. I think they they might sneak in if they can make it click. But as you say. You know, Baker's got to learn it. I'm not really overly convinced of the quality of Matt Rule as a coach. Um, but if they're able to keep somebody like CMC fit, you know, with with somebody with the quality of Baker, I think a quarterback, then who knows? Who knows? Yeah, definitely. That is going to be great to track, um, not just the Baker Mayfield, Deshaun Watson story this year, but how Matt Rule does in, in if he doesn't succeed, what will probably be his last year as a Panthers coach. Mm. We'll move on to you then, Reese. What have you got for us? What are you excited to see develop this season? So, the storyline I'm interested in for this season is the Steelers quarterback battle. So you got Caddy Pickett, who they drafted in the first round, versus Mitch Trubisky, who was the backup for the Bills last season. So when you compare them in pre-season, Pickett, in my opinion, has had a much better pre-season. Mm. So Interesting. It's a bit of a tough decision. Do you go with the experience in Mitch Trubisky, someone who's played in the big games before, or do you risk it and go with Pickett? Um, what would you do? I would go with Pickett based on the, these pre-season stats. So throughout the preseason, Pickett had a quarterback rating of 124.6 compared to Trubisky's 115.2. I think Pickett coming through needs time to build and I think the perfect opportunity to do that is just to play him. However, there have been some big figures talking about the race, including Roethlisberger. Mm. Um... And he reckons that sticking with Trubisky is the best way to go. Use the experience that you've got to win now. 
However, I don't think Trubisky has what it takes to take a team to the playoffs. But... Mm. I agree. No, um, I don't you know, think so either. Trubisky, he's good, but he? was he good enough to be drafted? <laughs> was he good enough to be drafted at second? Well, definitely not when you see the quarterbacks they went after. Mahomes was eight picks later. Well, that was the right That's what you were about player. to say. That's my question. Yeah, my bad. My uh, bad. What a surprise! Already getting Mahomes in there, aren't you, Reed? Well, anyway, the, the coaches <laughs> down at the Steelers said that they've had a really tough time deciding between the three quarterbacks mm. in the room. Mason. They've got Mason Rudolph there as well, and he seemed to perform not too bad in preseason either. But the coach seems to like the readiness of Trubisky. And yeah, I've heard Mike Tomlin has pretty much named him the starter and team yeah, 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 seems yeah. pretty set on that. The depth list, but I think it's an interesting debate for the rest of the season. Oh uh, yeah, I wanted to ask you to what week do you think Trubisky will be? Uh, mm. Sorry, Pickett will be named the starter. Uh, I'm glad you asked that. Actually, I've got it written down here. Um, they've not got the easiest of starts. I think Pickett. We will see at least some Pickett in week four against the Jets. Um, it, last chance saloon for Trubisky, I don't really think that that he deserves it. Um, I, I don't. I think we've seen enough from him from his time at the Bears. People mentioned the 2018 year, but like it was still well, well below average. Um, 56.5 pass grade on PFF. Uh, Matt Nagy didn't put him in the greatest of positions, of course not. He, he didn't play any tempo, just <laughs> dropped back. Um, but I think we've seen enough. I think coming out of college as well, um, Pickett was the most NFL-ready, apparently, of this draft class. Mm. And I don't think the leash will be short at all. The Pittsburgh fans obviously went to Pitt. The Pittsburgh fans obviously love him. Um, so, yeah, I think I can see Trubisky having a faltering start. And then, um, and then by week four, we see a bit of Pickett. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, again, you know, there's a lot of points that I've sort of picked up as well. I think, you know, that it'd be so easy for Trubisky to lose that spot. I think pretty much any sort of wobble and he's out. You know, I think they've sort of given him a chance because I guess he's had a few years in the league, but I think they want Pickett to play. I think they're sort of waiting for him to make a mistake. And uh, I don't know, it could be healthy competition between the two, but I don't know. I think Pickett is their guy, you know, uh, you know he he was uh he's not a, he's not a young guy he's twenty four um, yeah. you know probably likely to do with COVID I think um but he, he's due to like due to his age I think they'll be less likely to give him time though like I think again if he doesn't hit the ground they hit the ground running there might be pressure on him you know yeah. if, if they've got two or three guys again it could be difficult but I mean he is older than Jalen Hurts um and he's going wow. in, Jalen Hurts is going into his third year in the NFL wow. you know. So he is an incredibly experienced college player, but again, it's not the NFL, is it? You know, it's different. Um, so I think this is a really great battle. And um, I was going to actually ask this question to you, Reece, so, um about uh, Trubisky, how how long he'll be a starter, when will Pickett come in? Um, but I will go for, yeah, I think, I think Harry got it right with week four. He's definitely coming in. I think there could be a chance he could start that game, especially mm. against the Jets. Mm. Um, but Reese, what do you think? See, I tend to disagree. I think this is from what the coaching staff have seen. I think it's a lot of covering up for Pickett. I don't think he he's quite as ready as people thought he mm. was. I think, I think they're trying to give him more time, and Trubisky having the experience is the one who's gonna take the bullet if it goes wrong. But I think. I don't think he can take them to the playoffs. I don't think he's good enough for them to win now, but I think he can keep it respectable for a while, whilst also passing on some useful knowledge to yeah. Pickett that he can use in the future. I think if games are gone, we could see Pickett coming in for a, <laughs> for the last quarter yeah. or so just to get a bit of big light experience and it's... stuff like that. But, you know... I think it's all. I just can't back the young rookie because, as you say, he's a pit guy. He's he's the guy they want to be 
the Knicks' the long term quarterback. Yeah. I think you gotta That's give right, him man. time. Don't don't put him in when he's not ready and throw the pressure on him when you've got a guy there who's willing to go prove he can do it and has the experience of being there before. Yeah, that's I just, fair enough. To me, I can't see it ever being other than Pickett, though. Like, I think the plan all along is for him there. They wouldn't have drafted him that high up if they didn't want, if they didn't think that Trubisky was good enough. I feel like they already knew that. They've sort of put him there to start, maybe ease the pressure on Pickett because, as you said, he, he's a Pittsburgh man. Like, there's pretty much the same building where they're at, at university when they go in I think to one side is the Steelers the other side is uh, the college you know so I don't think they're making that pick uh, when he's that age unless they're certain on his ability to be in the NFL and soon like for me just in that situation I can't see it happening otherwise uh, I think uh, a big factor in this is Mike Tomlin as a coach like he probably maybe the best coach in the league, not got the, the Super Bowl to back it up against a Belichick or whatever, but he's never had a losing record. And the job that he did with, with Ben Roethlisberger, Ben Roethlisberger, the last two years, with, with Big Ben's arm completely shot. He didn't have mm. any arm at all. But the Steelers still, they went, uh, two years ago they started, what, 11-0? And, and uh, they were in the playoffs last year. Like um, I think Mike Tomlin... He backs himself to, to win with Mitch Trubisky because he can keep the rest of it in order, whatever. He knows that Trubisky's probably not going to have a rookie freak out where he throws four or five picks or whatever. And you, like you say, Reese, you don't want to throw Pickett into the gauntlet too early and almost you can ruin a quarterback, with, like ruin their confidence or whatever. So um, I think yeah. I probably trust Mike Tomlin that he is doing the right thing here and, <coughs> and that maybe he'll try and ease Pickett into it kind of kind of slowly. Yeah, it's going to be a great debate. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you picked this storyline up. Yeah, no, no, uh, it's always keeping an eye out for that for sure. Always exciting to see um, when a when a rookie quarterback is going to come in for the first time. Similar sort of thing with Trey Lance and Garoppolo. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. There's a bit of a golf in quality with Trubisky and Garoppolo. Yeah, but... yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Like we're taking. We're taking it for granted that Trubisky hasn't improved. Like he's a year older now. He's, he's going to be working. Yeah, yeah, he's going to yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to be working in a different system. Like, we, like he's he's athletic. Who knows? Yeah. We can't just completely throw out that like Mitchell showed nothing. He shoot. He, he's shown flashes before, but yeah, Ash, maybe we're um, shooting him down too quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Like, as you say, Ash, it's uh, <laughs> another excellent storyline. Great work from you too. Um, we'll move it on to my storyline, the thing mm. that I'm most fascinated by, the thing that I'm going to be looking out for the most throughout the 2022 season is how two elite quarterbacks, and they've been elite for, for a while now, and their offences and their head coaches fare without their elite wide receivers. Have you figured out who it is yet? Yes, you have, because I've already told you. It's the Chiefs, who obviously have left Tyreek Hill and... The, uh, and the Green Bay Packers, who, of course, lost Devante Adams to the Raiders. Quite hard to work it out when usually when you, you talk about elite quarterbacks, it's, ooh, Tom Brady. Mm, he is the only <laughs> in the league. Now, uh, we'll get to that after this short break. Stay with us. So, welcome back to the Throw It In Rotation podcast. How will the Packers' offense look in 2022 after Devante Adams leaves in free agency to join his friend David Carr in Las Vegas? Shit, Derek Carr. Yeah. Man. What did I say? David. Oh, his brother. His little NFL Network wet brother. Um, <laughs> I reckon Aaron Rodgers had uh, an over reliance on Devante Adams, and I don't mm. think it was the too tough to see. You didn't have to look through too many weeds to notice it. Firstly, his, his 2021 target share was 31.6%, second highest in the NFL. Um, and I think it was is best epitomised by the Packers' playoff loss to the 49ers in 2021. Uh, it was, they were down to their last, their last pass. It was 3rd and 11, 3 minutes 40 on the clock. Uh, Devante, they, they, Devante Adams run down the field. He's double-teamed. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't look anywhere near equanimous St. Brown 
or Alan Lazard, even though they were so open, St. Brown threw like a definite, definite touchdown. He just chucked it right up to Adams, who was double teamed. So I think Aaron Rodgers, he had the Adams blinkers on, uh, maybe no trust in his other wide receivers, but I can't see that. If you look at his wide receiver room this year, Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, and then the two, rock, uh, the two rookies, Dobbs and Watson, I, I can't see him having any more trust this season. Uh, interestingly, Adams missed one game last year. It was against the Cardinals, and the Packers did win, to be fair, 24-21. The Cardinals' first loss of the season, but... They really scraped through it. It was not a fluent offensive performance. Rodgers threw for just 184 yards. The highest receiver was Aaron Jones, obviously out of the backfield with 51 yards. And in fact, uh, Green Bay's wide receivers in that game uh, only totaled 64 yards. They had one play, the offense of 20 or more yards, 34 carries when they averaged just 25.4 in 2021. So, so what does this say? This says Ad, not having Adams completely changed that offense and not for the better. There was more misdirection, more trickery. You could really see a, a change in the game plan uh, in that fixture against the Cardinals. Um, I, I think it kind of uh, it gives a, it forecasts how it's going to be this year. Perhaps it's going to be up to Matt Lafleur to scheme the guys up, and he has done a good job of it in his career so far. But it's going to be about improving that run game, making the receivers open through schemes, um, uh, maybe getting AJ Dillon more involved in the power run game. I think Aaron Jones will be involved more passing-wise. Um, but none of that is as reliable as, as Aaron Rodgers' two-time MVP, chucking it up to probably the best wide receiver in in the league. Do I think they'll be fine? Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think Matt LaFleur, Aaron Rodgers... Uh, good enough and that defense are definitely good enough to win that NFC North but um, there won't be 13 wins again this year there won't be a third back-to-back -back, back MVP for Aaron Rodgers I think they'll be just fine this year your thoughts on the Packers offense uh, I think they can forget about being a win now team to be honest oh I think huge. You've, you've took that elite wide receiver out of the equation Aaron's is a bottle job with him you take him out of the equation, and it can only lead to the man being more of a bottle job. Absolutely, yeah. Can those wide receivers, even if they do scheme it up throughout the season, if Rodgers can paper over the cracks enough, which I think he will, to win the NFC North, uh, are they going to be able to do it against the top cornerbacks in the in the playoffs? Are they going to be able to do it in the biggest moments? Well, you, I don't think so. You see what happened when they came up against Garoppolo last season. It was a dreadful game, not much offered from both sides, and they still couldn't get through it. Aaron Rodgers is a ball job. And no. that, that is <laughs> he stole the MVP uh, off Tom Brady last year. Oh, Tom Brady! Obviously... Um, <laughs> Obviously, there will be more emphasis on the run game this year. They've got two high-quality running backs. Um, so you look at the offensive line, will they allow that? They've got probably the, the best tackle duo in the league in Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, but they're both coming off an ACL tear. You, you're unsure if they're going to be fit to start the year, and you're definitely unsure of them starting 17-plus games throughout the season. Uh, moreover, no one on that interior of the line has a, has a run block grade of 60 or more. So uh, I think there are a lot more questions on this Packer offense than than a lot of people are talking about, or than a lot of people realize. I think you look at the receivers, uh, the receiving core as a whole, and if it stinks, you know, first stinks of it the stinks. of the episode, but it does. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's deserved of of a stinks because it really does. Hour, yeah. Quite impressed uh, from a Cardinals fan though, and the wide receiver run there is not much better. So. Interesting. Yeah. I think we'll talk yeah. about that later. Silly comment. Um, but I think I think Rogers. I think I think it's clear he doesn't really trust his receivers. Um, mm, he hates them. But, and they've had been they've having issues with drops all preseason. No, it's preseason, but still, it's not what you want to be hearing going into a season, especially obviously with Adams going and everything. Um, leading preseason with a drop pass percentage of ten point five percent. So Rogers is not really going to trust those guys, as you said, Harry. Um, I think it's really gonna. They really. I think the Packers are gonna change their offense quite drastically. Um, I think obviously the older Rodgers is getting, especially with the current situation. I think AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones represent two quality players, uh, running yeah. back. 
especially Aaron Jones in the past game, I think you're going to see a lot mm. of more sort of play action, a bit of screens. Uh, bit, bit of, the run game is going to be preferred for sure. Um, and then, you know, you, then at that point, you've got to rely on Rodgers to clutch up really. And I kind of agree with Reese's comment. He is a bit of a bold job, to be honest, especially when it comes down. He's just not as clutch as, as you know, other QBs out there. Um no, it's so, one of his worst attributes, really, as a quarterback. Yeah. He should have more than one Super Bowl. With uh, you know, it's not always been helped with the wide receivers, but look at their teams and the look at how good of a quarterback he is. He he should have more than one. For, for the regular season, you know, he, he performs fantastically. Like he, the quality that he has is up there with with especially with his passing and his knowledge of the game. You can tell how good he is, and then when it comes to the moments, he sort of, sort of crumbles. Um, he, he ranked 10th for passing yards last season. Um, how much do you think that will go down with the loss of Adams now? Where where, where are you going to rank him for pa- passing yards? Yeah, like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say the Packers are going to be awful this year. Like, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Like they're, they're going to be fine, but I could definitely like see them at towards the bottom of the first half of the league in in that stats well maybe like 15 or whatever as obviously the rushes are going to 20th maybe something like that you know i like to say i I think matt lafleur and rogers are talented enough to to be far and the division's not the toughest i I think they will be all right in the in the regular season win 10 games and and uh, but obviously, a, a big part of that, like you say, is going to the running game. So it's definitely going to drop. I mean, anyone loses a player of of Adams' quality, and it's going to drop. And they've they've not really brought anyone else in, which I, I think is in contrast to the Chiefs. I feel a lot better about their their new look offense. They've brought in Juju Smith Schuster, MVS Marquez Valdez Valdez Scantlin from Green Bay. Nicole Hardman's still there, and obviously they they drafted Sky Moore. Fairly early on, I think that's a better room than Green Bay's room. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a part of what the Chiefs have done in the off season, instead of going all out and replacing somebody uh, like Hill with one guy, they've sort of come at it at all different angles. As you say, sort of yeah. got a few more experienced receivers in there as well as Sky Moore. Um, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, if he can stay healthy, can be a, a really good um, asset to them. And MBS, um, his deep threat ability, you know, with somebody like Rogers translates over with Mahomes, and you know how, how much of a cannon uh, Mahomes has got, so that's always going to be a threat. Um, so I, I, again, I think Kelsey will obviously run the 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 the, the, yeah. the offense really uh, with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He's going to be his go-to guy. Um, Definitely. But I thought an interesting thing is obviously the Chiefs had a slow start last season, and they went three and four when that was with Tyree Kill. But obviously, and the offense seemed quite a bit shaky. Mahomes threw the most picks last season at the start. He recorded thirteen last year, which was the highest of his career, and ten of those came before week nine. So, you know, with a with a with a, another slow start could happen here, especially with sort of new system, no Tyree Kill. Um, I, I could see a, another slow start for the Chiefs, and you, because of all this, you've got back the cards to win on Sunday. So, oh, probably not. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I'm not too worried. Like I say, I think they were getting the like in comparison of how a Mahomes Reed, uh, Andy Reid offense normally looks. I, I think they were they were definitely getting stifled last year from. Um, it was just teams playing the the too high safety against them, dropping deep. Obviously, Tyreek's speed is a big part of that, and uh, they actually faced um, a loaded box eighty percent of the time, which is ten. That's a historic numbers, ten percent more than anyone else on the year. They they really need to get the run game going. Obviously, no Tyreek, but even last year they were they were crying out for a good run game. That's what's going to happen if if the even in running situations, they're not even loading the box. They're they're defending the deep pass. It's it's just so much harder. Mahomes had difficulty reading those sort of coverages at points last year. So, but like you say, it was a tough start, and they developed. They sort of improved on the fly as they went. They changed their tactics. It was a a few more underneath throws, and I think uh, I think the biggest part of this story, or or a big telling part of it, is I think Green Bay would have. Definitely kept Devante Adams if if they could have. I think he wanted out a bit. Um, 
he wanted to go and see his friend Derek Carr, obviously, make probably a bit more money. But I definitely think the Packers would have wanted to keep him. They they could have tried. Uh, they they tried as as hard as they can. But on the other side, um, the Chiefs were. I think they were happy to to let Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill go. Obviously, it was in a trade rather than free agency. And, and Andy Reid has, has spoken about it. Like it kind of makes sense. It did feel like it was going a bit stale uh, at points last year. Tyreek Hill's 28 now. His, his main quality, obviously he's got so much to his game, but his main quality is his speed. And you never know what's going to happen to that when you get near 30, when you, you turn past 30. And they didn't want to give him that massive contract. I, I think it, it makes sense, more sense from a team building uh, exercise to get rid of Hill and to sort of bring in this, this kind of or a different version of your offence. Uh, Peter King of NBC was was at the Chiefs camp and watching it, and he he said he think it's going to be really unpredictable, uh, similar to what we we're saying about the Packers. They need misdirection, a bit of trickery, and and lining the wide receivers up in different spots to to kind of keep the defense guessing and and get guys open because Mahomes is going to hit them if they are open. I think the addition of Juju is massive. I think he could be in for a really big year. He played eighty percent of, of snaps in the slot. Uh, for Pittsburgh last year, um, and that's not going to happen this year. They're going to have him all about everywhere. And, and Peter King spoke to him about it, um, and, and it's kind of telling of how the offense is going to be. I think it's going to be sporadic, uh, running different misdirections and, and wide receivers wherever you look. Uh, I've actually got um, a few words from Juju to kind of to explain how the offense might look in the in the new year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this offense is you know everyone has to know everyone in position. You know, you have to know the outside, inside. You can play anywhere. You know, we have so many different personnels where, you know, we have so many great receivers can play you know, inside and outside. And um, I love it. You know, I, that's what I've been wanting to do. And come here to the Chief Kingdom, you know, they're using me you know, in so many different ways. Watch out for a big 1,400 year from Juju Smith-Schuster mm. this year. Leading on from that, I think Juju is in the type of guy you can bring in and hope to replace Tyreek Hill with. I think he is a very good prospect and in the future he will yield for them, but I think at the minute you can replace Tyreek Hill with Juju. No, definitely not, and that's why you need to do um, these offensive schemes and, and bring in, they've, they've still got pace there, they've drafted Sky Moore. But... That that's a factor that excites me as a Bills fan. I think the thing that we have to overcome is the Chiefs, and I think Tyreek Hill leaving there is a major step towards us being able to see them off in the playoffs and finally get to that Super Bowl we deserve. I think I think it's going to be a, like not that they need to come back, but it's going to be a big comeback year from Mahomes and Andy Reid. Everyone's going to be talking about them as the the main offensive geniuses in the league once again I think I think this is going to work a lot better a lot of it hinges on Clyde Edwards Hilaire can they get the run game going obviously brought in um, Ronald Jones from the Bucks have got Pacheco there McKinnon a lot of it hinges on that running game which will then hopefully set up the the play action game last year the Chiefs uh, averaged 6.7 yards per attempt in the play action game lowest of Mahomes' career and, and third lowest in the league. And again, that's because they were facing a light box 81% of the, of the time. So I, 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 think, I trust Andy Reid and I trust Mahomes to develop that run game in, in exciting ways and then off the back of that, play action, trickeration, misdirection will come into play and I think we'll see Mahomes uh, definitely, definitely right up there with an MVP shout. Mm, great, great storyline again. Um, they're not going to have it figured out by week one though, so we're definitely getting that dub. Um, but I'll be interested to see what the what the handicap is for that. Actually, do you think uh, you think the Chiefs will be favourite? Don't you? Yeah, it's in Arizona. Oh my God, the Kansas City Chiefs are six points favourites. Get on the Cardinals. Get on the Cardinals. Slow start by the Chiefs. You know how we start. We always get off to a flyer with a fresh, healthy Kyler. You know, you know. No, DeAndre happen. Hopkins though. We'll talk about that at some point. Yeah, we've got Marquise. We'll also talk about that. Mm. But what I was gonna say is, you've got your fresh, healthy Kyler now. But we'll give it till about week seven before that all crumbles. Yes. Yeah, Yet Kyler. again, 
Because he don't watch no film. Uh, none of that fucking stupid shit. And also, I'm pretty sure Harry oh, got you about his injury proneness on the last episode. So yeah, yeah, about that. a little bit. But maybe that's why you always tend to start well. Like when the watching tape doesn't matter as much, you've got less tape XP to watch. Weekends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The double XP weekend thing. That is not <laughs> <laughs> quality reading. Ah, oh, dear. Right, so we'll move on. Super excited to compare those offences, those quarterbacks, those head coaches throughout the whole season and, and maybe we even end up seeing them in the final game of the year. We'll move on now to a sort of uh, a group storyline that we had and um, something we're all really excited to, to track, to watch, to be entertained by is um, all the wide receiver moves that have happened. There's been some massive ones that we've already touched on Earlier in this episode, Devante Adams, Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown was traded on on the first day of the draft, as was Hollywood Brown. So we'll get stuck into a few of these wide receivers, analyze how they might fit into their their new offenses, their new wide receiver rooms, and and give kind of predictions on how their seasons might go. So leading on nicely from our last topic with the Chiefs, I'll start us off with Tyreek Hill. Massive move in the wide receiver market. I'm sure you both agree. He's gone. Oh yeah. He he was after the money after Christian Kirk's move. Mm. Um, rumor has it he wasn't going to sign with the Chiefs unless they gave him the money, and they were willing to trade him. So he's ended up at the Dolphins. Um, the fact that the Chiefs were willing to trade him is something that he said is one of his biggest motivators for the next season. I think that's an interesting storyline in itself. Um, he has been talking a lot this off-season, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, he's... Bigging said, up to her, slagging mm, off the Chiefs or whatever. He said that um, he believes Tua has a more accurate arm than Mahomes. He said Tua's the most yeah, accurate quarterback in the league. Yeah. So that'll be interesting but to see how that develops. I again. think... It's a very interesting move in terms of the overall stature of the Dolphins. I think they've experienced a big upgrade in a lot of areas of the field. I think bringing Tyreek in takes a lot of pressure off Jaden Waddle. Yeah. Um, as we were saying about pressure on young players with Pickett mm. and Trubisky, I think Tyreek Hill can take a lot of the limelight off Waddle. And it sort of opens up that offense as well. I think you know. I think he was sort of the main guy, maybe main guy with like a sicky, you know, with with Hill yeah. there and such a big deep threat. They're going to be so wary. on it's going to really open up that offense. Yeah, I've got written down here. I love what this does for Jalen Model. Yeah, he's he's such a Tyreek Hill, such a versatile player to bring in as well. I think back to the Bills versus Chiefs in the playoffs last season and. Tyreek Hill was taking punt returns, kick returns, he was running jet sweeps and it, it was scary stuff, He he's so elusive, he's so fast, hence being called the cheater and he can he can single-handedly run an offence, Yeah. giving the right production from a quarterback as we've seen with Mahomes and I think, linking it back to what you said, I think it, Mahomes might struggle a bit without the Hill and I think... It's very good for Bills fans that he's joined the Dolphins if we can deal with the Dolphins now that he's there. Well, yeah, I was just going to ask you, obviously you said you're, you're glad that he's he, he's left your AFC, your main AFC rival to Chiefs, but he's come straight into your division. Would you rather him play for the Dolphins and the Chiefs? I'd rather mm. him play for the Dolphins because although he's had his things to say about Tua's accuracy and bigging him up, I think... Mahomes is so much higher level. I think yeah. you take away the chemistry of with Mahomes. I think for all he can, he, I think he's still gonna lead that offense at the Dolphins. I think it's gonna be nowhere near as scary as it was with Mahomes as his link-up man. He's been talking about to his accuracy, but um, I've got a question for you: Which two quarterbacks completed fifty percent of their deep balls in the league last year? Josh Allen. Which obviously is the most in the league. Not Josh Allen. Kyler. Kyler Murray is one of them, and the other is Tua, who obviously we're talking about now. So, 
something you wouldn't expect. I don't think they, he threw too many deep balls. No. He definitely wasn't the most in the league. Um, but it's going to be interesting. It's it's a make or break year for Tua. Like I said, I love what this does for Waddle, and obviously you love what it does for Tua. Obviously, it's much easier to have an offensive bloody one of the most explosive players in NFL history is on it. But it, it ramps up the pressure completely on on Tua. They're expecting big things from from the Dolphins this year. Obviously, they're getting talked about a lot more. Like if Tua falls on his face this year, then then he'll be out the door. And I actually think. If you look at the Miami's attitude and the quarterbacks they've tried to sign since they've had two, I think even with like an average to good year, he he could be out the door. I just I don't uh, I haven't seen much from him so far, um, especially to, considering the hype. <clears throat> um, you know he's not really he's not shown me anything really that I think that he's got the ability to be an elite QB, and obviously as we said, it does help with those guys and that offense, but. I think the question with him as well was was his arm strength. Um, he, all right, he may be accurate, but does he have the consistency of being able to throw those deep balls? You know, if, I don't think he perhaps attempted too many deep throws. Uh, are they going to be able to utilize um, Tyreek? You know, he's going to be able to make that space. Could we see two and not being able to capitalize on that? Um, I think that's another question as well. Yeah, it's a real possibility, and like. As we know, they're in a division with the Bills, so it it's not gonna be not gonna be easy, even and if the, it does and click. The, the Patriots, so and well, the Bats, you know, yeah. it's been a bit of a sticky one for them for yeah, the off yeah. season, but you know, the quarterback there last season proved that he can do it when called upon. So it'll be it'll be an interesting dynamic for the division, but I think. Um, Obviously, we come on top. Yeah, I'd be surprised if you didn't. All right, wrap it up on Tyreek. His over-under this year is 1,025.5 yards. Over-under. All right, we'll wrap Tyreek up there. His over-under for the year is 1,025.5 yards. Do we think he's going over or do we think he's going under? Someone. I I think he's going to go over... You know, throughout his career, if you look at the stats, he's only had two years where he's been under a thousand. One of those being his rookie year, and another year was twenty nineteen, where he only played twelve games of the season, in which he still got eight hundred and sixty yards. I think he smashes that out of the park. To be honest, we've just we've highlighted the issues he may have with Tua, but I think. A man like that, he's, he's going to make it happen. If it's not happening for him, he'll make it happen. Just keep throwing it to the flat and I think he could get a 1,000 yards anyway. That does seem kind of lower number for me, but obviously injury and stuff is baked into that. So what, Ash, you going over, completing the yeah, trailer? Yeah, over. I think that's too low for somebody like yeah. Tyreek Hill. That's definitely over. Let's all put our money where our mouths is. Ash, talk to me about Devante Adams and his new friend Derek Carr, or his old new friend, his new old friend. Whatever. <laughs> so yeah, obviously we touched on Devontae Adams and that uh, the situation he's left uh, at Green Bay, but I think we'll we'll focus now a bit more on his current situation with Derek Carr, not David Carr. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, obviously it's going to be a change for him as well. You know, he was um, left Rogers and Green Bay after eight seasons. He was drafted by the Packers in twenty fourteen. And he's arguably been the NFL's best wide receiver the past few seasons now. Um, he got over 1,500 receiving yards last season. We all know how good him and Rodgers were. But, you know, the question is, will he be able to produce that same output uh, with Derek Carr? Obviously, as you said, they do know each other from a, have a relationship from their time at Fresno State. But it's been a long time since then. You know, how is he going to fit in within the offense? Um, but you know, Derek Carr's somebody who's going to throw it a lot. He threw for 4,800 uh, yards last season, and he could su- easily surpass it um, now with uh, an elite receiver like Devontae Adams. Not to mention how well he worked with Hunter Renfro and the ability of Darren Waller as well. Mm. Um, so you know, I think for me, the Raiders as a whole, especially adding in somebody with Adams' quality, is could really propel them uh, to. One of the most uh, sought-after franchises at the moment. Um, I think the Raiders are really building something. Um, new head coach with Josh McDaniels, uh, and they're going to throw the ball. Expect to throw it more than under John Gruden. So, um, yeah, I think the situation is looking quite nice. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Bringing in Devontae Adams is good for him in the sense he finally gets away from Bottle Joe Rogers. Um, but he's good mates for Carr from college, obviously. He's joining a team who had a good performance last season. Bit of a dark horse performance. Um, as you say, Ramfro performed well. Water, I think you bring him in. Damn guys, as I keep saying, can learn from the experience. They're elite, they're elite wide out. And I think they're going to have a big, big year. And I wanted to ask you to, on that point, what do you think we're going to see from the Raiders this year? Well, it's interesting. I was actually about to ask Ash, where does he think they finish in the AFC West? Because you're liking them. And I think on paper there is a lot to like. But it, maybe if they weren't in that division, like I can't yeah. see him coming, coming above the Chargers the and the Chiefs. They've obviously got a tough division in there. The AFC as a whole is difficult. Um, yeah. It is tough, obviously, just because of the quality. But again, everyone back in the charges, the charges haven't done anything. I know they've got quality in again, but I think yeah. for me, in terms of the project overhaul, overall, I think the, the Raiders are further than the Chargers. Um, I could see them finishing, uh, doing better than the Chargers for sure. And I know a lot of people back the charges but they didn't show anything last season for me like I know they do have the quality and talent but yeah you need to see it from the charges first but I think the quarterback there's a big difference in quarterback there and I think there is actually quite a big difference in roster uh, yeah, no, I think I think Carr's a little underrated though you know I think he, he, yeah. he did well he threw he throws a lot um, he, he's not scared to go deep and added in somebody like Adams like I think that changes it massively I think that propels him f- I think it's such a massive upgrade and he can make such a big difference. Yeah, we could have had that as one of our main storylines, how this AFC West is going to pan out. I think mm. it might be a bit obvious, but it's going to be such a good division to watch. Like the Broncos now, even with with Russell Wilson, could, could be top of, the, top, top of the charts by the end of the year. So we'll wrap Adams up with another over-under. I think I know the answer already. Again, it seems kind of low. What did he get? 1,500 yards last year. Mm. It's 1,200 and a half yards. Quick over-under. Over. Over. I don't really believe it. I'm just going to say under. Just, <laughs> just think it up. Link it in nicely with that. My second wide receiver storyline in the season was Marquise Brown to the cards. Um, it's another college partnership relinking in the NFL. I think it's something that we could see big things from both parties in Murray and Brown. As H just said, um, Kyber's one of the most accurate with his deep balls and um, it's a method that Marquis Brown really likes he likes that deep root when they were in college together Kyder threw to Brown for 1318 yards and 10 touchdowns and 10 touchdowns in 12 games i think that shows there's a lot of chemistry already there and i think Getting Brown out of that run-first offense at the Ravens is going to be something that really spurs him on. He said that he didn't feel needed at the yeah. Ravens with that run-first ideology. <laughs> nice. Um, so I think coming into a team like the Cards who like to throw it deep, that suits his play style. He's going to get more targets. He knows he can do it with Kyler. I think it's going to be a great dynamic to watch throughout the season. I think it might be a move that contributed to Kyler staying with the cards as well, you know, someone Mm. that he knows might have been part of the reason that he thought this is a place to stay. You're on the Hollywood Brown train with Ash then, see it. I don't don't have an issue with Hollywood Brown, I think it'll be fine, but I don't think you spend a first round pick on someone because your quarterback's got chemistry with him. He's got to hold it down for the first six weeks as well. I go back to what I said earlier, I was forgetting about Hopkins, he's a pretty great wide receiver room, so I think if you can hold it down for the first six weeks when Hopkins isn't there, then he's got 
we've got a lot to watch out for in that cards wide receiver. Mm, yeah, I, I think as a third again, Brown has a lot to learn still. He's only been in the league for three years and for being in a run first offense, he has performed very well. I think adding in that mentorship from an elite wide receiver can also really help him in the future. Yeah, I'm gonna make a counter with there actually, which would be quite surprised with. Hmm, what's going on? You've I'm I'm just playing role. a bit of devil's advocate just to have a little. I'll be doing that. Don't worry. But um, an interesting point was, uh, yeah, run first obviously uh, with the Ravens, but the thing is with Brown, he still had the tied um, tenth uh, amount of um, targets. Um, he was clearly a part of that offense, and he had 146 targets. Um, you know, there's a lot of volume, and he only just got a thousand yards. Like, perhaps he should have been doing more with that. You know, okay, it's a run-first offense, but focus on him himself. He did pick up. He had a lot of opportunities, and perhaps he could have done more with the amount of time. He did get the ball, um, so there is one thing to look at there. But I think the chemistry with, with Kyler again is. is going to work and I think obviously he still has a bit to prove but I think it will come into fruition here if he's got that faith and backing in him I think that will that that, that you know you know how much of an impact that sort of thing makes so I don't I don't have an issue as I say with Hollywood Brown as a player like, I think he'll come in and, and do absolutely a competent job similar to what he did um, in in the Ravens uh, get get moderate success and then be a, a pretty decent number two when Hopkins come back. But I just I have issue with the the decision making pro process from the Cardinals for it. Uh, if AJ Brown was traded um, to the to the uh, to the Eagles, sorry, also in the first round of the draft, and uh, the Eagles gave up the 18th overall and a third. Cardinals gave up the the 23rd overall and got a third. So they're similar. Uh, obviously, there's a, it's a bit cheaper for the Cardinals, but I just think the quality of wide receiver between Hollywood Brown and AJ Brown is stark. It's massive. AJ Brown uh, has had three 1,000 yard years in three years. Hollywood Brown's had had one. I think you could just tell watching at them physically, like athletically, and talented as a wide receiver. The the value from the trades on the first round, I think, is is clearly in AJ Brown's favour. And I think like when you've got holes on your roster as well, which Cardinals absolutely do, and you're only missing Nuke for for the first six weeks of the season. Obviously, that's a big chunk of the season, but like you're, you're getting him back for for eleven games. I think that that yeah, but, pick would have been spent but, better on other positions. But the Cards will be fucked by week six because Kaiser will be injured. Yeah, no, of and course. And we all know when he comes back, he has that little got something wrong with his mind, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I can't. I think. I think they've just the focus has been to give Kyler the weapons. That's all it is, and I think they've done that. I've, yeah, I think maybe it was to keep Kyler happy a little bit. It's been such a weird off season for for the Cardinals. Obviously, it's actually going to be fun to revisit this off season, like a few weeks or a couple of months into the season, and, and sort of see how how it's panned out and how it's reflected on the Cardinals. But we'll we'll wrap up this little wide receiver, this big wide receiver segment. Uh, with a bit of talk about AJ Brown, who we've just touched on, um, kind of similar to the Tyreek situation, it feels like the Eagles didn't necessarily need him, but they just want him to tip him over the edge. They've got um, uh, they've got Devonta Smith there uh, as Jalen Models at, at the Dolphins, and I think uh, similar to the Dolphins, they're gonna they're gonna form a really really impressive duo. Uh, Again, it's a it's a great decision by the Eagles to to make your quarterback's next steps, his next progressions, a lot easier. You want to see more more. Uh, you want to see better throwing. You want to see a, a step forward in the passing game from Jalen Hurts this year, and it's so much easier with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith there together. Devonta Smith had a, had a great first year, but no, I tend to disagree with you in the sense that they've done it just to push them over the edge with the talent. I think. If you look at what the Eagles insider had to say, they said that he's just different to anything that they've seen mm. in an Eagles uniform in a long time. 
he's a wide receiver that plays like a linebacker. He, he loves the contact. He, he's physical. He can do it all. I think it is 100% a great decision. Possibly one of the best wide receivers on the market if you take away his injury problems. But I think it's a great decision. And but it is something that the Eagles needed. Look at that. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Absolutely. Look at the Titans. They drafted Traylon Burks there. Sort of. Who would you rather? Obviously, Traylon Burks could turn out to be anything, but you'd rather the known commodity there, surely, mm. in AJ Brown. They did pick up a, a I think, a no lineman who's going to start from them in the third, but. Uh, I think for me the Eagles have won that trade handedly, and the like you say, the issue for me is the quality of Jalen Hurts, and will he be able to see it out with his passing game? Uh, I think that's the only question. I think he helps massively. Uh, it's going to make it a lot easier. Inside, and will make it easier, but he has still got to do that, and I do have questions about his quality of passing. Again, that's fair enough. You need to see the next step forward yeah, from him. But yeah, that's true. And to your earlier point, Reese, that it absolutely was a need because despite Devonta Smith's 916-yard uh, season last year, um, the Eagles were 25th in passing overall, and obviously they were a, a run-heavy team. But Nick Sirianni has, has spoken about his desire to make that offense more balanced. Uh, and and to open up Jalen Hurts in the passing game a bit more, and, and the best way to do that, steal an elite wide receiver off the market. Uh, as you say, he's so so physical. We can both play in the slot and outside. I think you're looking at a really impressive uh, receiving tandem. And again, this puts the pressure on Jalen Hurts actually to carry on that step forward and and to show that he can do it in the passing game. All right, very nice, very nice stuff. We are just an hour and a half away as we speak. From Thursday night football kicking Let's off. Go Let's, Let's go, go Buffalo. Let's go Buffalo. So obviously we've got a bit of a, a bias member here. The Bills fan in his Bills gear sat right next to me. You already know. <laughs> uh, tell uh, tell us how you see the game going tonight. Uh, I suppose I've got a bit of a bias as well, considering how much I hate the Rams. Um, and I the Bills. They're, they're such a quality team. They've improved again this off-season. I'm going to go with the Bills with a narrow win. I think it'll be quite cagey about the Bills. Yes! Um, the Rams <laughs> are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, obviously, just coming off the Super Bowl win. Got a lot of continuity. Reese, is there any chance the Bills lose tonight? You know, we're, we're playing against a team that has just won the Super Bowl. I think, you know, you've got players like Donald to come up against. Mm, exciting. It's, it's exactly the game that you'd love to start the season, you know, beat the Super Bowl champions. There's, there's no doubts in my mind that we don't go win it tonight. But as I say, it's, it is the Super Bowl champions and I think they deserve that respect. So It's a great it, season. It's a tight opener. one, man. I think... As NFL fans, it's something we all I'm buzzing, mate. Oh, I can't wait. Definitely, it's going to be class. The amount of adverts they put us through, we deserve a game like this to open up. Doing this research has really made me realise just how much I love the NFL. This season's just really creeped up on me. I can't wait. Buzzing and. It's nice, this, but wait till week 13. Mm. Wait till week 13. Great stuff. Uh, Van Jefferson looks like he's going to be out for the for the Rams, and Trey White, Trey White, the Bills cornerback, is on the pup list, meaning he's going to miss at least four weeks. I think that's going to be a big factor. Uh, didn't actually get to speak about Alan Robinson today. Uh, had some notes on. I think here the duo, him and Cup McVeigh's offensive mind, they are going to be scheming up some exciting that, stuff. That was Mc something I wanted to touch on as you were supposed to talk about Robinson, I think it's going to be very difficult for the Bills at the back and this is one of the reasons why I'm a bit apprehensive, that that little bit apprehension. I think we, we're starting our first round pick, Kerry Lamb, and another yeah, that's massive. fifth or sixth rounder um, that the coaching staff seem to really Cup. like, but we've got Cop and Robinson to come up against. I think it's going to be very difficult, and we just need to hope that Hyde and Poyer can hold it down from safety. 
the offensive guru that is Sean McVeigh is five and zero in his career in season openers with a heavily outscoring opposition as he does it. Like you say, I think Time Trey White, Trey White out is going to be massive. Super, super exciting stuff getting cooked up on that Rams offense. They're going to win by two touchdowns. Wow! One more, right? The Bills. I think that will probably do us for today. It's been a. a Unfortunately, this is the last time you'll hear Disco on the podcast because after his previous comments, um, the services are on his way to section him. What? I'm being sectioned. What have I said now? You just what said that the Bills are going to lose by oh, two what I, oh, what I literally just said. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Um, Ash, what are our socials? Our uh, socials are... At throw in rotation or throw in rotation, just search in throw in throw in rotation podcast. You'll you'll find us. You'll find us. What's our email? Do you know our email as well? Throw it in rotation twenty twenty two at gmail. I've got it here. Sorry about this. Throw it in rotation pod at gmail If you've got any comments, any suggestions, anything you want to say to us, any questions you want us to answer, any like we'll talk. We've not had an email yet, so like if you want to. If you want to send us an email, we'll definitely talk about it. Um, you can DM us on Twitter as well. For yeah, any... we just want someone to talk to us. Feedback. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, yeah, feedback would be nice. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. It's been a fun episode. Thank you for staying with us for this long. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Bye, guys. Up the mafia!